morning I have the great privilege and the honor of introducing our speaker for the hour. Our speaker, Pastor George Florman, uh, is a product of Christian education. Uh, he's a proud graduate of Miami Union Academy. Uh, after hearing the call of God on his life, he decided to enroll at Oakwood University and to earn a Bachelor's of Theology degree at that great institution. Uh, because he is an educated man and he believes in education, he decided to further his studies and he enrolled at Andrews University and he earned a Master's of Divinity at that institution. Uh, I believe right now he's actually enrolled uh, in school working on a doctoral degree because he wants to be the sharpest instrument in the hands of God. Uh, our speaker today is a very talented man of God. Uh, he has had the opportunity to preach in various different countries, uh, to do various evangelistic efforts. Uh, he has renovated church buildings. Uh, he has won many souls to the Lord. Uh, but, but one of the things that uh, he would probably tell you one of his greatest accomplishments is marrying the love of his life, Sonia. Uh, I believe Sonia is here. Uh, she's somewhere here or maybe in the mother's room. Uh, but, but she did uh, take the track to, to be with him today. And uh, he is appreciative of her support and her love. Uh, Pastor Florentman and I, we go way back. Uh, and there's so many stories I would love to tell, uh, but, but I won't tell them. Uh, but one thing that I did share is that Pastor Florman was our star defensive end on my flag football team at Oakwood. Um, and so, um, of course, Pastor Florman is a man of God, man who is dedicated to the cause of God. Uh, there's so many other things that he could have done in life, uh, but, but he realized uh, that, that God is on the verge of coming back and he wanted to dedicate his life and his service and his essence to the Lord and that's why he's been pastoring in the Southeastern Conference for roughly 17 years. Uh, he has pastored uh, in Central Florida. He's pastored all across this conference and presently right now he is the pastor of the West Park Seventh-day Adventist Church. I believe that is in Pembroke Pines. West Park, West Park, there we go, West Park, Florida. And so uh, they are in a building project and he's leading them to do great and wonderful things in the Lord. And so after our special music from Dr. Stacy Smith, uh, the next voice you will hear is none other than my friend, my brother, uh, Pastor Dr. George Florman, hear ye him.
God an additional amen we want to thank Dr. Smith for that reminder that we do have a daily bread come on somebody and God I want to just first and foremost uh, just to say a word of thanks to your pastor elder Leonard Newton come on somebody say amen uh, he is a man with a big heart that gives. I have experienced his benevolence many times in my, in my life. And I'm so thankful for him as a friend, for his ministry, and for being my quote-unquote big brother in the ministry. Come on, somebody, say amen. And I'm also grateful to see you all out this morning. Come on, somebody. I know that God has a word for you all today. And I wanted to just give my condolences to the church and more precisely to the Wells family as I know they're dealing with bereavement uh, at this time. We, we want to just ask you today, if you would allow me just to ask you one last time to stand to your feet as we go to 2 Kings chapter 7 beginning with verse 3, Second Kings. If you have it on your iPhones or your Bibles in print, or if they're going to put it up on the screen, when you get to it, you can say amen. Second Kings chapter 7. And we're going to go to verse 3. Second Kings chapter 7, verse 3 is where we start. And the Bible says, Now... There were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city. And we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come, let us 
surrender. Come on, somebody. The King James says, fall to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And, and if they kill us, we shall only die. And the Bible says, and they rose at twilight. Someone say twilight. To go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. Verse 6, for the Lord, come on somebody, had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses and the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled to your neighbor and say at twilight. Oh, at twilight. And they left the camp intact. Their tents, their horses, and their donkeys. And they, they, they fled for their lives. Verse 8. And when, they arose, when, and when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank. Have mercy. And carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered, come on somebody, another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid it. For the next few moments, beloved, I want to just speak to you on the subject matter. It's already worked out. Uh, it's already worked out. Father, this is your moment. Remove me from this preaching experience. Hide me beneath and behind the cross. The word of God is simple. If you be lifted up, you will draw all men onto you. And so today we're going to lift up the name of Jesus. And men and women, boy and girl, will come back to Christ. So as you open God's word, my prayer simply is this. Father, open our eyes that we're able to see. Open our ears that we're able to hear. But above all, we ask and pray, Father, open up our hearts that we might receive you today. For we ask it in your name. Let everyone say amen and amen. You may be seated. You may be seated in God's presence. It's already worked out. Can I give you a little bit of context this morning? You see, the descendants of Abraham the chosen and the beloved people of God, the very ones to whom God had promised a land flowing with milk and honey, they who were now in the possession of this blessed realm on both the eastern and the western banks of the Jordan, and stretching as far west as even unto Samaria. These are the same descendants of Abraham whom had previously made the journey beyond the Jordan to where God had promised Joshua that from this day forward that no man would be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And as I was with Moses, come on somebody, so shall I be with thee. 
These same blessed of the Father who had in time past had been victorious are now here in the text in a quite dangerous situation and circumstance. They have gone from being friends of God to being self-proclaimed foes of God. They have been corralled and caught up and caged in and captured and essentially they have now been forced to retreat within the city walls of Samaria, <clears throat> the then capital of Israel. Beloved, the Syrian army was besieging Israel in Samaria. They had effectively encircled and surrounded the city. They had totally cut off Israel's connection to the outside world. And so thus the flow of traffic in and out of the city was slowed down. The flow of goods and resources had been forcefully embargoed by the Syrian king and all of his army. No one and no goods could go into the city or could come out of the city. Are you with me today? Their beloved city walls that served as an additional layer of protection for them was now also serving as a structure of their own imprisonment. God's people were locked in behind what essentially were, had become rather <clears throat> prison walls. You know, I, I find it quite interesting today that the one thing that they thought would stand to protect them was now the very same thing that now entrapped them. The one thing that they thought would protect them would protect them was now the same thing that ensnared and entangled them. Similarly, it is not lost on me that some of us here today have erected walls and institutions to serve as a form of additional protection only to have it turn around and to be imprisoned by the very same things that were meant to protect us. Y'all going to get with me in a second. We have laws that are set up to keep order and peace in our society and within our communities, which in turn have been been erroneously uh, utilized to create a disparity in how people from different socio-economic polarities are treated. Yes, if you're wealthy and if you're connected and if you're a part of the majority, you are least likely to be gunned down by those who are paid to, be, to protect and to serve. Uh, if you're wealthy and connected and are part of the majority, you are least likely to be prosecuted and persecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Yeah, yeah. If you're wealthy and connected and a part of the majority, uh, th then you are more likely to be in a district with a school of high excellence. You are more likely to have access to proper nutritional diet, uh, have access to quality education, and, and have access to the world's number one healthcare system but the same institutions and laws adversely adversely affect the unwealthy and the unconnected y'all ain't talking to me and the undereducated and those who were or have brown and black skin you see these institutions and laws create a system of walls that 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 that, that, that disparately uh, that if not careful will imprison us and create disparity 
whereby there is little access to wealth and money management and, and, and education for those of us. And, and, and even the education in our neighborhoods have been dubbed as a pipeline uh, from schools to prisons. These same institutions and these same laws create such a disparity that literally some municipalities have relegated, listen to this right here, to wall in certain neighborhoods or hoods, or, or as we affectionately call them, or even ghettos, not to keep the crime out of the hood, but to keep the crime in the hood. <clears throat> Can I pause? parenthetically to just let you all know what I found out about walls and structures and institutions y'all gonna get with me today that over the time they almost always all fall down especially though wall, those walls that stand in the way of uh, of the will of God and the way of the people of God that's why the Soviet Union erected a wall of communism that literally separated the East and West Berlin but it was in God God's will that that wall would come down y'all gonna get with me today that the wall of injustice uh, uh, that was set up through Euro European imperialism uh, throughout the continent of Africa and mostly South Africa had to come down because it was out of sync with the will of God that 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 that, that all were created in the image of God that that wall of slavery though the wall of Jim Crowism the wall of racism that plagues us and uh, uh, in the United States of America is not in vogue with the Creator's command to love one another as God has loved us and in particular I believe that this wall it's God himself will eventually break it down uh, y'all don't believe that God tears down walls I can't hear nobody but can we go through uh, somebody's uh, uh, testimony we can ask <clears throat> Rahab and a Rahab uh, and the inhabitants of Jericho and they would tell you that God tears down walls uh, and if you were to ask Jesus uh, Jesus would tell you that he asserted that he would tear down the temple and in the three days time again uh, that he would raise it up come on somebody and ultimately you can even ask uh, the enemy of our souls Satan himself and he will have to confess that through the death and crucifixion and resurrection of Christ that Jesus rose up the grave with all power in his hand and he went down and kicked down the doors and the gates of hell and the Bible says even the gates of hell could not prevail it I'm trying to tell somebody today that God tears down walls can I pause any longer to just tell you that God tears down walls he's got the power to tear down the wall of imprisonment the walls of social injustices and the walls of I can't hear nobody Prejudices, uh, the walls of worldviews and strange beliefs. Uh, not only that, but God will break down the walls of sickness and the wall of diseases and the wall of maladies. Uh, if you got cancer, God can break down that wall. Uh, if you got all kinds of other diseases, God can break down that wall. Uh, if your family has been shut down and broken uh, and is in pieces, God can put it together again. Uh, because I believe that my God tears down walls 
That's why Paul says, I am persuaded that nothing can separate us from the love of God. No persecution, no distress, no tribulation, no famine, no death, no quality of life, no sickness or disease, no angels, no principalities, no powers, no things that are present or things that are yet to come. And watch this, no wall, yes, no wall. No matter its height or its death, nothing shall separate us from the love of God because God is with to tear down walls and so be very careful of walls be very careful of institutions that appear to be a benefit that it will not one day become your own source of imprisonment one of my favorite authors uh, sister white reminds us uh, concerning this particular issue she says judgment upon judgment had befallen the Israelites during the reign of Hazael the Syrian and watch this who had been anointed by to be the scourge of this apostate nation and here it is as a result of Israel's apostasy as a result of God's chosen apostasy the Syrians had laid siege on their beloved city. A famine essentially swept throughout the land and desperation begins to set in. Life became impossible, food became hard to find, and water supplies all but dried up and was scarce. And, and for all emptied in purpose, chaos began to set in. Have you ever witnessed, beloved, the kind of chaos and confusion that desperate times brings? Uh, they say that desperate times calls for desperate measures and here in florida we are a witness uh, of desperate times every year I, I know we've been blessed lately and we have been hit by a hurricane but but just just sit here and watch the next time a storm is approaching you'll know what desperate times uh, is all about and what chaos is all about i can't hear nobody who want to testify with me I, i'm a testify all by myself i was living in lakeland and i waited to the day before the hurricane saturday come on somebody pray for the pastor uh, to go buy me some stuff for the hurricane i went to Publix. there was no water no canned goods no batteries no flashlights i said oh no i'm in trouble chaos began to set in desperation began to set in i went down to home depot and i sat in line for three hours just to get four measly pieces of plywood but, but that's not the worst part the worst part was that can you imagine that as i stood in line for four hours the other the people that I saw a worker from Home Depot began to count people from the front of the line meaning they were about to cut the line off somewhere behind me and that those who had come in behind me who waited for two hours or maybe one hour were told sorry there is no more wood for you I'm talking about desperation you you need to put gas in your car and you go down to the local gas station and it unraised a price from 230 to five six dollars price gouging you in the midst of adversity can you imagine this kind of chaos this is where we find the people of God in the text chaos has set in for uh, uh, the Bible says at, at, at this time uh, that they are so desperate that that, <coughs> that they are selling 
Uh, all kinds of meat at the front gate of the city. It's in the text. If you read, you'll find out that they're selling, uh, they're selling uh, heads of donkeys to eat. These are God's people who believe in the Levitical and Leviticus, but yet because of desperate time and they are filled uh, with hunger, the Bible says that at a premium, they're selling donkey meat for, for consumption at such a premium that only the elites are able to afford it beloved I want you to know that in the absence of hope people will do just about anything for it is in the absence of hope that people take their lives it is in the absence of hope that people turn to a life of crime. It is in the absence of hope that young men and young women settle for and, and, and settle into relationships that bring God shame. Y'all ain't talking to me. In the absence of hope, that it is that we find a, a struggling marriage couple, married couples choose divorce courts over divine counsel. It is in the absence of hope that desperate people give into their addictions and that they give into their despondency that they give into a faithless existence and, the, and this king is so desperate watch this that he hires messengers to go kill the man of God he sends them to go kill Elisha because he's upset with the message from the messenger y'all gonna get with me today it's interesting uh, that, that 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 nothing changes under the sun uh you know they say uh, the game remains the same only the players change come on somebody and and what we find interesting is that these people attack the messenger because they can't get to the message giver come on somebody Elijah tells them, because of your reprobate minds, because of what you've done, God has caused for uh, Hazael, the king of Syria, to take us over. Uh, but someone ought to come to the conclusion today that when we are in the wrong, we should not look to put the blame on somebody else. Come on, somebody. Someone ought to come to the conclusion today and say, it's me oh it's me <laughs> uh, it's not you but it's me <clears throat> uh, y'all don't want to talk to me turn to your neighbor say neighbor oh that's the wrong neighbor turn to your other say neighbor oh it's me <laughs> oh it's me introspectively take a response take responsibility for your, your own famine don't shift the blame but rather admit it's me and your acknowledgement is not necessarily an admittance of guilt but it is a call towards God saying if we ever needed the Lord before we sure do need him now I remember being taught back in Sabbath school the song it's me it's me oh lord standing in the need of prayer it ain't my mother's not my father but it's me oh lord standing in a need of prayer it's not my brother or my sister come on somebody but it's me oh lord and, and i've come to tell somebody that we are all standing in the need of prayer that i that absent from the hand of god we are gonna be like these four lepers stuck in our uh, in a place where we have no good options uh, either we sit here and we die or go back into
to the city and we die there or we go forward to the enemy and potentially they will catch us and save us and they may also try to kill us and listen to me when we find ourselves in these circumstances where we have no good answer for our situations we need to fall down on our knees and say God it's me standing in the need of prayer can I tell you today and I'm taking my time because I want to make sure you understand this gospel I want to know you to know that God already has a word for your famine season oh, I can't get nobody to say amen I God, God you you must be feasting up in here today come on listen to me uh, God has a word for your famine season see verse 1 of chapter 7 starts off with a prophecy from God this time tomorrow there will be flour for sale not only is it going to be flour but the Bible says it's going to be what fine flour and there's a distinguish uh, 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 the, the author distinguishes between the kind of flour he qualifies the flour it's gonna be fine flour uh, additionally there will be available two measures of barley for everyone two measures of barley suggests that there will be enough provisions that they will no longer have to be on a ration of one measure of barley at a time uh, and so so God literally is telling them through Elisha that as a result of God's goodness at this time tomorrow I know you can't see it I know the Syrian army is still encamped around the city I know you're still in prison within your walls I know that there is no water no food the, the situation is bad but in 24 hours time the men of God says uh, you're gonna have double for your trouble uh, but it gets better well, what, what's right uh, how good God's word is in chapter 6 verse 23 the desperate Israelites were paying a king's ransom for weird food but tomorrow God's word simply is that there will be such an abundance of food that the inflated prices are gonna come down come on somebody say amen no more being overtly taxed for the basic necessities I'm so thankful that God the God I serve uh, knows my needs uh, and knows what I can afford come on somebody but here it is. Uh, uh, I want you to know that that that, that God's proclamation sometimes uh, is what uh, is God's proclamation sometimes, as crazy as it may seem, the only way that we can uh, uh, move into the, the the will of God is by believing the word of God. Elisha says, "Tomorrow this time, y'all gonna have food." So much food that, 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 that you don't even know what to do with it. But the king's messenger, it's in the text, says to Elijah, even if God were to open the windows of heaven, such a blessing cannot be. And what's your response to this guy? Elijah says, because of your unbelief, <laughs> tomorrow you will only see it with your eyes. But you're not going to be able to partake of it mm, my god could it be that year after year month after month week after week we are living below the expectation of god's calling on our lives because watch this we fail to believe the word of god that he has pronounced over us y'all ain't talking to me could, could it be that the reason why you're still struggling is because god told you that he has a a specific mission for you to accomplish and you refuse to do it 
could it be that the reason why we're where we are in this famine season is because we have seen God's word we have heard God's word but instead of of obeying and walking in the word of God we have decided that we can't trust because it seems absurd that in 24 hours time we will go from famine to feasting And so sometime, God has got to remove a blessing in order to help you to believe in the word of God. Y'all going to get with me today. And I want you to know that it is from the standpoint of our unbelief that we have moved, God, we have moved a benevolent God to a place where he has to withhold from us blessings that ought to be ours. But I'm so encouraged by the word of God. I am so emboldened by the promises of God. I am so elated by the provision and the providence of God. I don't know what your tomorrow will bring, but I, uh, what I do know is that with whatever obstacles uh, that you have in your path, uh, God already has a word for your breakthrough. Come on, somebody. But I do know that God is already operating in your future for the benefit of your right now. Come on, somebody. I do know that God is already fighting off demons on your behalf I, I do know that God is already making a way out of no way that God is already charting and plotting a positive chart for your life uh, and if we're going to be successful beloved we have to believe in God we have to walk by faith and we have to hope against hope in the surety of the words and the promises of God for the word of God says that that that, that the just will walk by faith and not by sight and here it is God has already given you a word for your situation. To the hungry, he says, I'll be your bread. Y'all ain't talking to me. To the thirsty, he says, I'll be your living water. To the afflicted, he says, be still, for the Lord will fight your battles for you. To the weak and weary, he says, I give strength to the weary and power to the weak. And to the tempted and tired and to the tried, he says, submit yourself to God and resist the devil and he's gonna have to flee uh, to the bondman, the one who is uh, uh, in shackles he says that he that a son says free is free indeed uh, to the fearful he says do not be afraid uh, do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go to the needy he says my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory uh, to the ambitious he says take delight in the Lord he will give you the desires of your heart somebody ought to know that God has given you a word for your circumstances to the sinner he says if we confess our sins uh, he is faithful uh, and he is just uh, and he will forgive us of our sins uh, and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness uh, to the unloved he says though the mountains be shaken uh, and though the hills be removed uh, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken and my covenant for you shall not be removed and when all breaks down when all hell breaks loose uh, remember that God says uh, he's still your bridge uh, over troubled waters uh, he's still bread uh, on your table uh, he's still shoes uh, on your feet uh, yes God has a word for you even in the midst of uncertainty now now 
what I want, I've told you <laughs> what you need to know, but now I must tell you what you need to do. Are you with me? I'm almost done. I'm going to give you this and I'm going to take my speech and take my seat. Um, watch how God orchestrates this. Let me set this thing up for you today. While the prophet Elisha and the king's counselor are yet speaking, at that very moment, we, the Bible says there are four lepers who are forbidden to enter to the city because of their uncleanness. But unlike the king's counselor, their desperation does not lead them to a lack of faith, but their, their desperation leads them to plot a course of action. These four lepers are motivated as a result of their desperate state. They are destitute and adding insult to injury, they are without any good option, the Bible says. If they go into the city, they surely are going to die. If they remain at the gates, they will also die. Perhaps if they make their way to the Syrian camp, there is hope that they will be captured alive, but at the end, they might also die. And here it is, uh, they have no good answers for their circumstance. And hear me now, the question that they ask of themselves is one that we must ask of ourselves in our famine season. Shall we sit here and die? Oh, uh, y'all ain't talking to me. The, the marriage is falling apart. Am I going to just sit down and do nothing? Oh, oh, my bank account is a mess. Am I going to sit down and do nothing? My, my boss is threatening to fire me, and I have a whole bunch of mouths to feed. Am I going to just sit here and, and do nothing? Y'all, have you ever been in a circumstance where you have no good options available to you? You, you, you can't call nobody because you've already, uh, uh, exp uh, you've already utilized all of your resources. Uh, you ain't got nobody to lend you a little bit of money, and you're all by yourself in your situation, and it seems as though nobody can come to your rest you but I'm so thankful that even in the midst of your trial God is still attentive to your need and the Bible says watch this at twilight Oh, y'all don't know when to shout. At twilight, uh, well, not at nighttime, uh, but at twilight. Watch this. In other words, uh, when the sun is beginning to set, uh, you, you know, when the day is over, uh, when it seems that the sun is setting on your success, uh, when it seems like the sun is setting on your marriage, when it seems like the sun is setting on your tribulations, your trials, when it seems like the sun is setting on your cancer and on your health tribulations, uh, I'm so glad that even when the sun seems to set, God still has a move in himself. God still has a way to make a way out of no way. And the Bible says at that same moment when the sun is getting to set on these four lepers, that the same sun is also setting on their enemies. For at twilight, their enemies hear God's, oh, the noise of God's rumbling. They hear chariots. They hear an army. And the Bible says in the midst of all of their empowered states, they begin to flee. And at the same moment as they're fleeing, these four lepers are entering into their 
uh, into their spoils. Uh, I'm so thankful y'all can sit there, but I'm going to preach this sermon how God gave me because I realize uh, that there have been times in my life uh, when I could not know how God was going to make a way. I realize uh, that, that, that a few days after my son comes home from the hospital that, that he hasn't even spent a day in his bed yet that I get a call from a, uh, from a, from a police officer telling me that my mom died in a car accident. I, I did not know what to do. I did not know where to go. All I knew is God, you're going to make a way out of nowhere. So I said, should I sit here and die? Should I sit here and swallow in my uh, despondency? But I'm so thankful that God in the midst of my sadness in my twilight hour begins to work and work in me. He's a son, the same God who has been with your mom is the same God that will always be with you. And I pulled myself by my bootstrap, took my son out of his crib, not even 12 hours in his crib. I took him up, got my wife, and with tears running down my eyes, I drove all the way because my father needed my help. But here's again the testimony. The testimony is in the midst of my despondency, God gave me glory. In the midst of my trials, God gave me a testimony. In the midst of my heartache, God gave me healing. And I'm here today to tell somebody that what God has done for me, he can do for you. Our circumstances may differ. Our situations may be different. But I submit to you that all of us have a famine hour. That all of us have a famine season. And in your famine season, you ought to know that we serve a God who sits up high but decides to, uh, to, 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 to dwell below a God who's so in touch with our infirmities that he doesn't let us deal with our sickness by ourselves but he comes in and he decides that he's gonna uh, fall him uh, make himself uh, available to the sickness of man all right, y'all ain't with me, so I'm going to give you this last analogy. God literally leaves glory to come down to earth, to be enveloped with the nature of sin in order that he might help us in the midst of our sins. All right, y'all, still ain't with me, so let me give you this, this analogy. Uh, about four weeks ago, my kids went to uh, 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 VBS, and uh, my son came home, the baby, only 12 months old, and he has, he's, he, he, he is listless, lustless. He is, uh, uh, he is not moving. He is, we, we're thinking something is wrong. He's running a temperature 101, 102, so we said maybe his teeth are, uh, teeth are coming in, and so we take him to the doctor, he gets tested he has COVID they test a four-year-old he has COVID <clears throat> my wife and I both get tested neither one of us are positive so we say okay let's roll let's roll with it on Saturday that's on Thursday on Saturday we both get tested my wife is positive I'm still negative so now I'm sitting here saying to myself there's no way my wife is going to be able to handle two sick kids. So I said to myself, I have an, and I said, and I looked at myself, I said to my wife, sorry, I think it's better for me to get sick too. <laughs> she says, that makes no sense. Why would you want to catch COVID? I said, well, if we're all are sick, then we can all help each other. Y'all ain't talking to me in this place. So what I do as a good, good father, I take the baby one, the one that has the, 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 the cut it first. I say, I hold him and I allow him to cough in my face. Come on, somebody. 
and he 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 does what what he's supposed to do and literally literally the next day i go and get tested and i am positive and i said to myself as as uh, as uh, as unsensical as that was for me to get sick in order to for me to help them i said to myself ain't that like what what jesus did that jesus in order to save us from our sickness y'all ain't talking to me he leaves a perfection of glory he leaves a perfection of heaven he leaves the adoration of angels and he comes down divinity wrapped up in humanity yes he's god's son but he's also mary's baby yes he's god's unique but he's also born of flesh and the bible says he is in this wrapped up humanity he is filled with the nature of sin but he never sins yes the bible says he's tempted but never once does he fall because jesus is on a mission he knows that if he falls that my life will be in jeopardy jesus knows that if he falls your life will be in jeopardy but what he does is uh, he walks among men uh, he is tempted uh, he is tried uh, but never falls uh, he is beaten uh, he is lied upon he is crucified he is killed uh, but early Sunday morning he rises up with all power in his hands hey and because of that he's given us the ability to say that it's already worked out your salvation is in God's hands it's already worked out somebody ought to say amen because if salvation was in your hand we'd be in trouble oh your marriage is in God's hands it's already worked out your health is in God's hands it's already worked out you may not have a good option but it's in God's hand that's the best option it's already worked out and so I'm preaching to someone here today who perhaps right now you find yourself in this precarious circumstance where if you go forward you lose if you remain you lose and if you go back you lose today here is the appeal I'm gonna give you Jesus because with Jesus you can never lose oh eyes are closed and heads are bowed this is the appeal I must make today to somebody who doesn't know that God has already worked it out somebody right now is dealing with a broken heart trust me I know what it like it's like to have a broken heart to not know not know if you'll ever see a loved one again I know what it's like to have a broken heart but today God can mend your hearts somebody right now you've received a divorce decree it's on your table in your home waiting for you to sign it you don't know what to do God has an answer for you somebody right now the doctor said we've we have ex we have we have we have reached the extent of our medical resources we've tested your you for this that and the other we we've done all the therapies possible there's nothing left for us to do today I tell you Jesus Jesus says it's already worked out there's there's someone here today 
and I'm just going through the roll call of the issues of humanity someone here today huh, your finances have got you so far in the back that you don't know how you're gonna make it not next month but next week you don't know how you're gonna put food in your children's lunch bag for school on Monday y'all ain't talking to me you have no good options but today I'm telling you that God has it already worked out for you so there's someone here today who needs to be prayed for that whatever God's word is for you that you would receive it and walk in it because right now you don't know you don't you, you're too weak to even imagine what God can do but I'm so thankful that God says eyes have not seen and ears have not heard neither has it entered into the heart of man what God is going to do only talking to me I'm so glad that the Bible says he's able to do above and beyond all we can ask think and even imagine so right now someone needs to say pastor pray for me I'm in this circumstance I'm in a famine season and I don't know what to do if that's you I'm gonna ask for you to stand wherever you are because I want to pray that God that God the God of glory will give you the best option give you guidance and direction will give you an avenue whereby you can make it where are you praise the Lord and if you're standing you might as well come on to the front it's a revival you can come on down if you can come on down then I want to make an appeal specifically for someone someone who's been struggling I mean you're struggling you, you haven't been you have not been able to find guidance and direction for your life listen to me right now is your opportunity of a lifetime God says in your own human experience you can't see past the next seconds <laughs> you don't know you know that if you stay here you die if you go forward you die if you go backwards you die so you are stuck in your rut but here it is today Jesus says if if you make your calling an election sure today God has an additional option and that additional option is that with Jesus Christ you will never lose so I want to make this appeal that someone here we've been preaching for three days and there there is six more days of preaching for this revival but someone says pastor I want to make my calling an election sure today you want to make this thing you want to seal it through the watery grave of baptism where are you somebody I'm talking to you a young man a young woman a man or girl you have been you have been living in a paralyzed state stuck in the right now but today I want to give you a Jesus who will allow you to move forward if that's you wherever you are just raise your hand where are you we're not gonna hold it for too long praise God we have one praise the Lord where are you where are you? Raise your hand. We're not going to keep it for too long. We've got to go. We've got to go. Time is spent. 
let's pray father it's already worked out and I'm not just talking about what's happening here on earth those things are fleeting we know that that, that ha we know that this 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 world has an expiration date on it life has an expiration date as we know it but what I'm talking about more so today is everlasting life some of us we don't know beyond a surety that we have salvation but today I'm so thankful that Jesus while we were in the midst of our sin was working away for our salvation hallelujah thank you Jesus and now it doesn't matter the vilest offender has access to everlasting life and so today we are thankful that you've worked out our salvation not only have you worked out our salvation but you've worked out a plan of justification and sanctification you've made us righteous and now you're saying i'm going to give you power to live in right living with me so father i pray for every person under the sound of my voice that today is making a decision that god you would do for them what no one else can do for for them that they would be able to feast on the bounties of the enemy everything that the enemy has stolen god oh god you will give it back you will give them resources what i like about the story is they left everything behind and god because of that your people were able to eat out of the enemy spoils god you're so great that that boss who's giving me problem you're saying that he might give me problem today but if you hang on long enough i'm gonna give you a better job oh that's the kind of god i serve he will let us eat of the enemy spoils and give us what we are in need of to make it past our tomorrows so father hear this prayer be with everyone here today be with the oz as they are in this there is hope series i pray that that someone will find jesus hope eternal they will find you life eternal and will make you their eternal god through baptism i thank god for the one soul and those who are getting baptized today i thank god for those who came up for prayer and i pray now for all those who are seated but should have been here god i pray that you will do for them the exact same thing you do for those of us who are standing today that you'll give them an option that blows their minds that even when they don't see it god you are working things out for them so father thank you in advance thank you for the reconciled marriages thank you for families being brought back together thank you for return health uh, to good health thank you oh god for our finances restored thank you god for what you're about to do when everything is said and done father will give you all the honor and all the glory for we know that you alone are worthy to be praised thank you jesus for hearing this prayer and the saints of god say amen amen can we sing that chorus praise him come on you can sing it praise him
got another hearty amen for that powerful soul-steering message. Thank you, Pastor Foreman, for spending these last uh, three outings with us and for uh, those who didn't have the chance to view it until the day you missed a blessing and a treat. We thank you for coming down with your family and being a part of our worship experience here at Daughter Zion. And again, we say thank you for your, your ministry and for your message. Now we reached the part of the service where we are going to our baptismal um, service here. We have three candidates that I'm going to invite down to the front for our baptismal vows. Yes, if the three candidates would come. to ascribe a scene that John wrote in Revelation about individuals that was gathered around the throne and one of the angels elders answered you know he was, the question was asked who are these that was dressed in right robes and raiment and the answer said and they asked, whence came to and said, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which have come out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and shall serve him and a night and day in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. And we have individuals who are dressed in white robes. And looking forward to that scenery described that John did in Revelation the seventh chapter and we know that we all have an opportunity have had an opportunity or have an opportunity present for us to go down in the watery grave of baptism and to do so we uh, read a set of vows and for those who are looking to be baptized this day we ask that you raise your right hand in the affirmative that you do agree and accept the vows that are being read before you do you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord? And do you desire to live your life in a saving relationship with him? Raise your right hand in the affirmative. Do you accept the teachings of the Bible as expressed in the statement of the fundamental beliefs of the Seventh-day Adventist Church? And do you pledge by God's grace to live your life in harmony with these teachings? Do you desire to be baptized as a public expression of your belief in Jesus Christ, to be accepted in the fellowship of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and to support the church and its mission as a faithful steward by your personal influence, tithes and offering, and a life of service? Amen. Church, you have seen and witnessed the reading and the accepting of the vows. Uh, for those who are looking to be baptized, we have Sheila Bright, Samuel Jean, and Caleb Jean. And we want to uh, express our thanks and in, in, in glad tidings to all those individuals who are getting ready to be uh, immersed in water. With that said, do I have a, a motion for the floor to accept these individuals pending successful uh, baptism to be a members of our church here at the Daughter of Zion. So it's been moved and is there a second? 
All right, it's been moved and seconded. And we'll take the vote. Uh, all in favor, would you be known by saying aye, raising up your right hand. Any opposed, do you take that up with Christ? It has been moved and seconded. And we'll welcome these individuals into our body of faith here at the Daughter of Zion, Seventh-day Adventist Church, as we shall have the actual baptismal service. And so these individuals will be ushered to the back. of a way of their past and a renewing of their future. So we ask, Lord Jesus, that your spirit come down and tabernacle with us. Bless us and keep us. In your name we do pray. Amen. 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 And so our first candidate to be baptized today is Sister Sheila Bright. And with the friends and family members who are here in support of Sister Sheila, if you could just stand to your feet at this time. Amen, amen. And as we all know that Sister Sheila is a friend to us all. She has a big heart and truly uh, she is a valuable member here at the Daughter of Zion Church. But Sister Sheila realizes the soonness of Christ's return. And so Sister Sheila, because of
uh, your commitment to God. Uh, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. actually two brothers yeah, two young men and, and, and you know, next candidate is brother Samuel Jean and with the friends and family members who are here in support of brother Samuel if you could just please stand to your feet amen amen amen, amen. and so Samuel because it is your desire to put the cross before you and the world behind you we now do baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. is brother Caleb Jean. Of course, uh, younger Caleb is not going to be outdone by his older brother, and he wants to make sure that there's a great family reunion up in glory. And so, Caleb, because it is your desire to make heaven your home, uh, we now uh, baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. individuals give their heart and life to the Lord and we do appreciate the ministry of Pastor uh, Florman and so we just ask that you you pray for Pastor Florman and his family uh, that he can continue to be a light uh, in this sin sick world 
And so as we bring this program uh, to an end, we do want to remind you uh, that this is not the last week of the revival, but next week uh, we will pick it back up. Uh, we do have another dynamic uh, speaker who will be with us in Pastor Alex Royce. He will be with us, and so we will have service at 7 p.m. on Wednesday, and then, of course, 7 p.m. on Friday night, and then he'll be with us on Sabbath morning. And so please invite your friends, uh, your co-workers, your neighbors, so that they can also hear a word from the Lord, uh, because we are living in the last days, and we need to make sure that we're ready, and we need to make sure that we uh, invite as much people as we can uh, into the house of God. Now, we do want to also remind you today uh, that right after our worship service, lunch is prepared for all of our visitors and all of our church members uh, right across the street at the school. Uh, we do have to-go plates, and you can take your plates, uh, or you can even eat them uh, in the cafeteria right there. Uh, so this is for all of our members, please, and our visitors, please stay behind and enjoy the meal. We, we, we want to remind you to re remember the Wells family in prayer. Uh, that funeral service will be tomorrow uh, at 11 a.m. 10 a.m. will be the viewing of Brother Bobby Wells. Please remember the family in prayer. Uh, Brother Wells will be missed, uh, but we know that death is not the end. Amen. Uh, we know that we have a blessed hope uh, that God will come back and he will reunite those who have died in him. But at this time, we're going to end our worship service. We're going to invite you to stand to your feet for the benediction. And, uh, and after our benediction, we want to remind you that we will be collecting offering at the door. And please drop your offering at the door with our ushers, with our deacons. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, once again, we thank you for this opportunity that we had to come into your house and to worship you. We thank you for your manservant, Pastor Florman, for that inspiring message uh, that he shared with us today. We thank you for seeing those three individuals give their lives completely to you. And help us, Lord, to give our lives to you daily. Help us, Lord, to be saved in your kingdom and give us the strength that you've called us and designed us to be. This we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.